This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast regarding issues concerning your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Today we talk about chronic pain. Anthony Kyoto, MD, is the Associate Chair for Clinical Affairs for the Department of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation at Michigan Medicine and oversees the Spine and Pain Program at MidMichigan Health. Dr. Kyoto is board certified in pain medicine, electrodiagnostic medicine, and spinal cord injury medicine. We ask Dr. Kyoto how the Spine and Pain Program will help treat someone with chronic pain. It'll help patients handle chronic pain in a couple of ways. Number one, it'll help them to understand what's happening. What is the problem? Second of all, it'll help them to identify what things they can do, whether it's taught to them by the doctor, whether it's done to them by the doctor, or whether it's taught to them by other people in the treatment team, what things they can do to control and to manage their pain. And probably third and most importantly, it'll teach them how to function in spite of it. You have a real focus on function when it comes to your outcome, and that's intentional. Right. We've learned over the years that the idea of somebody's pain score is very subjective. Mm -hmm. One person's two is another patient's eight, 10 being the worst. But everybody's functionality defines itself and is very clear. Can you go up and down stairs? Can you lift a basket of laundry and do your laundry? Can you sit in a car and drive? Can you tolerate sitting in an airplane long enough to fly to visit grandma? That you can put a metric on. That you can put a specific metric on, and that's pretty much the same for everybody. And, and, and we have a term for that. It's called pain interference. And in research that's been done on pain, pain interference is a much better objective measure and is a better measure by which to measure outcomes than the pain score. What are some of the most common causes of chronic pain? Common causes of chronic pain include um, deconditioning. So trying to do things that the musculoskeletal system just isn't strong enough or has the endurance to do. Chronic injuries like tendinitis or tendinopathies where the tendon just has become damaged because of chronic overuse. Arthritis certainly is a a common one as well. In the spine, degeneration of the disc or narrowing of the channels where the nerves are coming out, which is called lumbar stenosis where you'll end up with either pain down the arm if that's a problem in the neck or pain down the leg if it's a problem in the low back. And then there's this phenomenon that's actually much more common than we ever thought, where somebody will start by having a pain problem in their back or their foot or their leg, and they've had it long enough now that their nervous system now adapts to it in a not very effective way. And they end up with chronic pain that's really become more centralized. And what we talk about centralized is not that the pain's in your head, but it means that your nervous system is now changed and now your central nervous system is geared up to be in pain all the time. And that's actually a far more common problem than we initially realized, and yet is also a very common cause. Mm -hmm. What impact will the spine and pain program have on the opioid crisis in our area? I think the first impact is that 
The pain program is going to use opioids for chronic musculoskeletal pain in an evidence-based way. And the evidence indicates that it is not an effective treatment for chronic musculoskeletal pain. Especially long-term. Correct. So we would only use opioids as an adjunct to other treatments, and we would only use opioids at a dose that does not lead to risk of respiratory depression and potential death. Mm -hmm. Just by doing that, it'll start to decrease the number of opioids that are out there. I have a clinic down in Ann Arbor and recently had the switchover where we had to do all the prescription evaluations before every month the patient got medication that was required by our state Senate and House of Representatives in the new law that was passed earlier this year. And in the way that we manage opioids in our practice, we saw when we made that switch that there were no cases of patients that we could observe through that new process was misusing medication, nor were there any patients on high-dose medications that would be considered dangerous. So that would be one way that we would impact the opioid crisis. I think the other way is interacting with the community in general and sharing the message. The evidence base is that opioids are not a good treatment for this problem. Mm -hmm. So we need to start doing what the evidence tells us, and that is doing other things. And as we make that transition and we change the way the opioids are used in the community, there'll be less opioids prescribed. There'll be less opioids at people's homes. Mm -hmm. And that'll make a big difference. Do opioids mask or do they treat chronic pain? Well, it's interesting. You know, the, the question is, do opioids treat the pain and do opioids mask the pain? And I would say the answer to that for chronic musculoskeletal pain is it does neither. It doesn't treat the pain because it doesn't do anything particularly to change what's happening at the level of where the pain is occurring to improve that problem to lead to healing. Mm -hmm. But the studies that have been done on chronic musculoskeletal pain is that opioids at a dose that is safe to give to humans does not even decrease patients' pain scores very much. It makes them very sleepy. Yeah. It makes them fairly confused. But if you actually look at the pain scores and look at the changes, not only the change is not very big, but if you look at studies that have defined what a meaningful change in pain would be in order to change somebody's behavior, it doesn't meet that level. Mm -hmm. So it really does neither. They're prescribed because they're the go-to medication for acute pain, and they really should be because they're really good at treating acute pain. Mm -hmm. They're just not effective once you're outside that acute phase. So if your focus is not on using opioids or other painkillers or whatever you want to call them, what are some of the treatments that would be used by the Spine and Pain Clinic? There are other medications that will treat pain. They treat pain by reducing inflammation. They treat pain by changing nerve signaling in the spinal cord. They treat pain in patients with centralized pain by altering the change in the central electrical networks in the brain that are causing patients to continue to feel pain. So that's one set of strategies. Another set of strategies is using rehab therapies like physical and occupational therapies in the most effective way. 
And you do that by identifying the pain cause, identifying what is the pain generator, giving it a name, understanding its biomechanics. Why is it doing what it's doing? And then getting the therapist on board with that diagnosis so that they can do their best work because they know all the therapies and they really need their best success is by putting the right therapy with the right patient. So that's one way that we help is by really identifying the diagnosis. And then we do injection techniques in the arms and legs, but also in the spine to modulate or control pain. So there are injection techniques that also work. The key to the injection techniques is the same key there is to the therapy. They only work if you identify the correct pain generator. So you have to do a good assessment first. But once you've done that, then you can use some of those other tools. How do I get referred to your program? The best way to get referred is to talk to your primary care provider and get their advice on whether they think that you would be well served by seeing us at the clinic and then getting a referral to come see us. Tell me about the team at the Spine and Pain Program. The people at the Spine and Pain Program itself are the physicians. So it's myself. I'm the medical director of the clinic. Dr. David Cones is a physiatrist, which is a physical medicine and rehab physician, who's also pain board certified, who will be at the clinic. And he'll be here on Tuesdays doing spine procedures. And then Dr. John Yarjanian is a physical medicine rehabilitation pain physician as well. He's also the director of our spine fellowship program at the university, and he'll be coming up on Fridays to see patients. So that's the physician team. We have a nursing clinic who helps us to triage patients, to work with patients over the phone if they have issues or concerns, to help us with making sure that patients get the right treatments or medications, get the right prescriptions to match with them. So that person is very helpful to us in terms of making sure that patients get what they need in a timely fashion. We have our medical assistants who get patients into rooms for us, work with the patients on their insurance, on making sure patients get scheduled where they need to be scheduled. So that's the team that's there. But we're going to be working with our therapy partners, physical and occupational therapists. I think everybody feels comfortable what a physical therapist does in terms of working on musculoskeletal pain problems. The occupational therapist is really an expert on biomechanics and how that relates to daily functioning and work functioning. So if you're having a problem with pain that's interfering with your ability to work or your ability to do housework or ability to do some sort of pleasure activity, occupational therapists can be very helpful in working out the biomechanics on how to allow you to be able to do that better. We're gonna start working and identifying some of the psychology partners in the community to work with us on some of the more comprehensive programs that we're gonna try to put together for patients who have more complex needs so that they're seeing multiple specialists all together and we're working together as a team for the same goal. Yeah, what's, what's the main difference between this pain program and, and another one? I think the real difference is the focus on function biomechanics. We really want to make this a program where it's really tailored to what each individual patient needs and, and wants. The treatment program for somebody who works at a factory is gonna be very different from a program of a patient who's an 
athlete on a baseball team and has specific pain issues related to things that they're doing. It's going to be very different from a weekend warrior who has pain related to running or to some other sport activity that they're doing. So we really want to make the program really tailored to the patient. That's how it works best. That's Dr. Anthony Kyoto. To learn more about MidMichigan Health Spine and Pain Program, visit midmichigan.org slash spine and pain. If you have health concerns, as always, consult with your health care provider. If you need help finding a health care provider, you can go to midmichigan.org slash doctors. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. We'll see you soon with another episode of Health Dose.